You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 269 of East Central and favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill, going to be your solo host today. Uh, joining me, my uh, my rock here, our audio video engineer slash technical support guy, Zach Bircham. Uh, we, this may be an audio only episode tonight. We don't know. Or maybe it's going to be uh, an audio that Dakota puts together and magically becomes a, a, a replay available later on Facebook. Stay tuned. Is that the uh, is that the official answer? Yeah, I'm, I'm right now. We're broadcasting to the Patreon group, and so that way the video is there. And if Dakota wants to mess with it later, he can. But I didn't want to broadcast publicly, knowing that we have no sound, knowing the sound's not going <laughs> to be there. Well, we're going to make the best of it. And we've had we've got two candidates tonight that have been incredibly patient and good sports with it, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna carry on, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a worthwhile show. Uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. Is this live? You're live. You're on the air. Okay, because this isn't. This Uh-oh. Thing. You've lost your headphones. It's okay. It is it is working, I, I assure you. But the headphones, you can just ah, throw them aside. Everything else broke today, Steve. It's just a just a part <laughs> of the act. Uh, got to do some thank yous real quick. Uh, we did a uh, we did a Patreon that, uh, that was also a silent talkie. Uh, Got to spend some time talking about a, a controversy I started this week, and I tried to talk my way out of it. I, you can you can tune in and decide if it, if it actually worked out or not. Uh, Chris D. Avery, Jonathan Phillips, and Anthony Meyer, you guys are the uh, the folks that give at least fifty dollars or more a month to the show that gets us on the air every week. And for the candidate series again, we do have to say a special thank you to uh, a couple of sponsors that have been with us since the very beginning of the uh, of the candidate series. Uh, the Slick Pickle, Big Bounce Inflatables, and Wyland's Flowers, uh, which uh, which did a fantastic job just a couple weeks ago. Uh, the incredible Sarah Morrill uh, had a birthday, walked into Wyland, said, hey, I need something neat. They did this big yellow bouquet of sunflowers and other stuff, and uh, the folks at Wyland's took good care of us. Uh, if you want any merchandise, we've got all that. Zach will drop the link tree in the uh, in the live feed that has no... Uh, it won't be in the live feed. Go to the website, click on merch. It's all out. It's all over there. BallsHarkLiberty.com. All right, let's uh, let's talk to some candidates. Uh, on my right, we've got uh, so the the candidates we're talking to tonight are going to be our county commissioner candidates. This is the Indiana. So we've got listeners all over the country, uh, and but we're very much Henry County, Indiana focused. Uh, if you remember back in the primary, we we had Joe Wiley and uh, Joey Cooper on, and the, this is the Northern District. Uh, so essentially, a county is divided up three ways. These folks have to live in the northern third of Henry County, but then all 50,000 people in change in the county vote for them. So the way that the Indiana government designed this seat is that you have three commissioners that are equals to each other that are from geographically different areas of the community, 
but they together, the three individuals then act as the executive body for, for a county. So you have geographic uh, split so that you don't have three people from one city saying, Hey, here's what I want to do. And then, uh, but the entire county gets to vote. So with that, let's, let's do some introductions. Uh, on my right uh, camera left is Steve Holmes. You're the Democrat running for county commissioner. That's correct. Welcome, my guy. Thank you. First time on the show. Yes. So tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, the, the elevator pitch of who's, who's Steve Holmes and what's your background? How you, how you got here? Steve Holmes. Steve Holmes was born and raised here in Henry County, grew up in Middletown, the northwest corner of Henry County, uh, graduated from Middletown High School, attended um, Ball State University and Santa Monica College in California, um, traveled a lot for about 30 years, worked all over the world, and came back to Indiana in 1990. Since 1990, I've been very active in community affairs and, and community offices, in Henry County, and uh, just thought I'd give this a toss. So what kind of work did you do professionally as you were traveling around for- Entertainment industry. Entertainment industry. So vaudeville acts. Yeah. Train seal. Yeah. Train seal. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, listen, I have no idea. If you went to Santa Monica, I don't know what was going on at the pier. So (laughs) I I don't know what to think. I started in New York theater and- uh, it became a technical director and a stage manager in, in New York City and wound up in, in California in television, Universal Studios he's, so for he's, several years. He's a technical manager and he's a TV guy. And here we are str- struggling to try to get on the air, Zach. And he's just now he's volunteering <laughs> this information. <laughs> Watching us thrash. <laughs> did, did some uh, television work for several years um, and then uh, came back to Indiana in 1990. Very good. And Joe, remind remind the audience of of your background, what, how you how you got here to this point, what you've been doing. Introduce yourself, Joe Wiley. Well, first of all, thank you to you and your team for putting this together, the candidate series. And Steve and I appreciate being here. Um, Twenty one years ago today, my wife and I were married in the Mount Summit Christian Church. Between the two of us, we have six children and eighteen grandchildren. So that's what I've been doing for the last twenty one years. <laughs> Um, taking care of, of my wife and my children, my grandchildren. They've all, the children have all grown and, and uh, have their families of their own. I, I graduated from Rushville Consolidated High School, and then after that I went to the Vincennes University for a associate's degree in law enforcement, then transferred my credits to Ball State where I got a degree in criminal justice and corrections, a bachelor's degree. And then shortly after that, I went back to get a teaching degree in industrial education. I did not finish that. I had three short, three classes short of finishing my teaching degree in industrial education. But um, as an employee with the Indiana State Police, of which I was an employee of the state police for 24 and a half years, uh, they ended up having me be an instructor in the academy. So I found that to be a lot more appealing than teaching high school. But, um, as a time with the Indiana State Police, I served as a trooper and a field training officer. I was on the underwater search and rescue team. I was on the emergency response team, and I served as a corporal for a period of time. And then I was a sergeant in the training division where I taught firearms and defensive tactics and verbal judo. Um, and then I was an investigator for the a period of time for a year and a half before I ended up retiring from the state police 
Then I spent 15 and a half years with the Henry County Highway Department. Uh, I went through the training program that's provided through Purdue. It's called the Local Technical Assistance Program. I received the road builder course and also the master road builder course and served on. Uh, I was president of the Indiana Association of County Highway Engineers and Supervisors and served on the board of directors for LTAP and also the Association of Indiana Counties. I served as president for the Indiana Association of County Highway Engineers and Supervisors. Uh, and I, I also served as a member of the, of the Board of Aviation Commissioners for a period of time. And I served as a president uh, for, the, for the BOAC. And I currently work uh, security for the Alliance Security, which is in, it's in off-duty troopers and retired troopers. That's what I spend my time doing now. So county commissioner, counties have airports and you serve on the board for like communities. Is that what that is? When, when I was on the board of aviation commissioners here, at the, it was called the Newcastle Henry County airport. It is now just strictly a Newcastle, Newcastle airport, right. but it was a, it was a, a community deal between the city and the county. And they needed an, an additional board member, so I served as a board member. Then I ended up being president for a period of time uh, of that board of aviation commissioners. Okay, so it was a, it was the local for the local airport. That's not correct. A statewide. I got no. It. Okay, I'm with you now. All right, so very open ended question, Steve. You've you've been all over all over the country. You've you've lived somewhere else, and you've you've come back and chosen mm-hmm. to make your make your home back in Henry County now for right. the last thirty years or so. So what's the next 10 look like? What do you, you look forward and say, hey, here's what I want Henry County to look like in the next 10 years? Ten years. So 2032. What's what's Henry County look like in 2032? Henry County moves kind of slow. <laughs> in it's ten, almost year 2000 around here. <laughs> in 10 years, it probably won't look a lot different than it does now, but I'd like to see some changes made that will direct us toward some great improvement over the next 20 years. I'd like to see a lot of industry come here. Uh, Ohio just got two super microchip companies and facilities being put in over there. In, the, Intel in New Albany. Right, right. For the, for the chips that make our cars run. And, um, I would like to see Indiana, specifically Henry County, gets some of that. Henry County was once a manufacturing mecca, and we had Chrysler, we had Firestone, we had Perfect Circle, we had a lot of factories, a lot of industry, and a lot of it has gone away. Boar's Head is a great start, but I'd like to see some great companies come in. All right. And Joe, just high level, what's what's Henry County look like in 10 years? If it, what, what do you... What's your vision, your, your, your goal? What I've been told in the very near future, there will be a medical facility at 109 and I-70, like a med check and also maybe a same-day surgery. It's going to be located on the south side of I-70. There's a million dollars of the AFR funds that have been um, – contributed to run the sewer and the water from Knightstown up to the 109 and 70 interchange for that expansion of the what's considered the hospital expansion. Uh, there's scheduled to be a 60 to 65 room hotel at 3 and 70 and 
potentially a sports park at 103 and I-70. There's probably going to be in the next 10 years, from what I hear, uh, an add-on to the new correctional facility. As as of today, it's, it's about 85% ca- capacity, and and uh, there's a program called JTAP. The, the acronym is J-T-A-P that starts in October, and that will take approximately eight females and 16 males out of the general population and put them in the program for uh, drug rehabilitation and so forth. So there's 24 spots that may come available. So back back up for me just a second. So you what you're telling us is that the new jail is is essentially full. What and I'm the, telling and, and you, expansion is, should be expected already. What I'm telling you is what I've heard from the from the county uh, off, office holders is that the report that they've gotten is that the jail is what is considered 85 percent full, which is what the capacity that they're looking at saying, yes, we're full. I believe they're all local uh, inmates. Uh, it's not like they filled it up with people from around the state. And because the program that the new facility was built to house, the JTAP program is inside that facility, which they will be taking eight female and 16 male inmates out of the general population and move them to the special area where they will be re- receiving drug rehabilitation. That's my understanding. Okay. So that would leave 24, bring bring the numbers down below 200. Um, those are just the numbers that I've been given. And, and from from the information that I have, have heard is that when they built it, it was never expected to be as big as it needs to be. But it was built, and it is a, a very fine facility from what the, the tour that I took of it prior to it being inhabited by inmates. It appears to be a very, very fine facility and one that has has been constructed with the options of if you need more, you, you build out this way and, and so forth. And um, I'm assuming within the next 10 years, there'll be a roundabout at Raider Road 36 and also one at US 40 and State Road 3 at the West Intersection. And then there was $1 million from the R Fund, ARF, the American Rescue Funds, that uh, to South Henry Regional Waste District to increase the capacity and rebuild the lift station at the Flying J. Um, I So you, a lot of infrastructure improvements that are that are on the books and you're expecting to come along. I'm, I'm just saying these yep. these are things that I've been told that were that were in the process of of being constructed and being started as a result of a lot of it the the especially the two infrastructure is is about the ARF funds okay and um, that is something that happened in Henry County along with many other counties throughout the United States as a result of the the pandemic and and uh, the monies that have been made available to local communities has just been incredible. Yeah, it's it's kind of been a, like a once in a lifetime cash infusion for for communities to to try to try to figure out how to how to spend it or to invest it in a way that doesn't just vanish, right? Um, all right, let's let's go with Steve again. It, this is something that I I think that over the last few years Henry County commissioners have have struggled with. Um, and that's been some open door violations and public meetings and decisions being made outside of meetings 
uh, and it's led to the public access counselor. So, uh, the basically essentially the state saying, Hey, Henry County, you gotta get your act together. You're going to get, you're going to, there's going to be some action taken. What should the county commissioners be doing differently to, to not every, you know, once every year or so end up getting a nasty letter saying, Hey, citizens are, are not liking what's going on. I think, I think they need to educate themselves as to what they're allowed to do and not to do. Uh, they're not allowed to have meetings outside the, outside the uh, public meetings. They're not allowed to talk about things together outside of the meetings or make any decisions outside those meetings. Uh, I, when I go to the uh, commissioner's meetings and I sit there and listen, I hear Bobby Plummer say, uh, uh, have you had a chance to look at that? Have you had a chance to look at that? Yes. And they make a motion, they second it, and they pass it. Those of us sitting out there don't know what they're talking about. We don't know whether they're paying a light bill or whether they're uh, spending spending $100,000 somewhere. We don't know. It's just... Have you reviewed? Yeah. Yeah, it's not reviewed at all for the public. And I went to one meeting where there was like 10 minutes of that, just one after another. Um I move, I second, I pass. I move, I second, I pass. And I don't think that's being transparent. So if you're if you're sitting in one of the commissioner's chairs six months from now, how do you how do you see that operating differently? I think that whatever you're voting for has to be presented to the public what we're voting for and open it for discussion on the panel and then make the vote. I don't think it should just be a rubber stamp thing. All right. Joe, on the on the topic of open door violations, I know some of this is ground we've already plowed in the spring, but I, I think it's important to have the conversation again. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't uh, party to being at a meeting when when this open door situation happened, and I'm aware that it did happen from what I read about in the newspaper and so forth. And I I trust that they're making. Uh, their adjustments so that that doesn't happen again. I'm, I'm aware that there's an attorney present with them during their meetings. And I would assume that, that their knowledge would be, uh, they would have gained the knowledge that they need in order to not violate those, uh, open door policies again. And, and I would hope to be, hope that would be the case. All right. Um, when it comes to transparency in government, this is something we hear about consistently from from candidates as they as we as we come to this stage. We say, "Yeah, we want to see more of what's going on. We want to we want to know what's happening. What actions can can a county commissioner take from from your role to say, hey, here's here's how we're going to show the 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 voters of Henry County how we're spending your money, how we're how we're making our decisions, what." What would you do differently, if anything? Having attended many, many commissioner meetings throughout the years that I was on the county department, if I wanted to know what was going on, I, I would read on the the little piece of paper that they would print out that would tell what the topics were. If I needed to know what specifically was going on, I would, I would raise my hand and ask the question. Uh, I just... I followed through on on uh, the items that they were taking actions on, and and I understood whether it was if it was something that affected my life or or, or my job. I had already 
presented enough information to them that I knew what it was and could explain to the public that was there what it is that we were doing. If, if I, for instance, was attempting to get a million dollars for the community crossing grant fund for, for road repairs. And I, I would explain what we were doing, where we were going to do the repairs and what we were, what we were asking for and what we had to do in order to get the money. And that's the way I tried to do. I tried to, tried to explain in a public meeting uh, what, what it was that we were doing and what, what we were asking for and what was going to be required of us. Steve, on the transparency issue, are there any specific actions you think need to happen Maybe agenda posting agendas ahead of time. Well, there, there is an agenda. Copies, the, the, the copies pay, of the, claims that go on websites, anything like that. The paper that Joe mentioned is the agenda. The, the agenda is there. And it does have a list of topics they're going to discuss. But there's a section of the meeting where they're just doing rubber stamp stuff that we don't know what it is. Uh, Those, you're talking about like their claims, essentially, when they're paying invoices. Claims. Pay, 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 well, now, paying invoices, we should still know what they're paying. I mean, it, it's not just rubber stamp this and rubber stamp that. We still need to know what what our commissioners are doing, just to keep them transparent. All right. Um, this is this is like the third rail of Henry County politics. The <laughs> the next topic here, uh, and that's that's land use, Steve. And you, you talked mm-hmm. about your your interest in Henry County attracting. It sounds like some sort of technical manufacturing facilities. Yeah. Um. We've we've had mixed results in in taking cornfields and turning them into something other than corn and soybean fields mm-hmm. in the community. How how should we determine what happens with with the, the ground in Henry County? How do how do we agree to to have these fifty thousand or more people live together harmoniously and still have development? When we have um, a situation like renewable energy, it's been before the commission for how many years? Nine. Nine years. It's time for a referendum. I mean, if they can't make any decision or decide one way or another, I think it's time to go to referendum on some of these issues. But Indiana doesn't have a referendum, right? We don't. Well, we don't have. Is there a mechanism that you think we would we would have a, a binding referendum to say, hey, are we going to have? Are we going to allow commissioners have solar moratoriums that come into place? Are we? Should we have just a? a uh, should Henry County have a solar moratorium referendum for the county? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean let, let the voters tell the commissioners what the voters want the commissioners to do. Okay. And put it on the ballot. So, so that's, the, I mean, that, that's then, with the, the renewable energy issue. Renewable energy. But yeah. if we're talking asphalt plants, we're talking CAFOs, we're saying, Hey, light, light industrial, whatever, uh, where where do we say hey referendum versus okay commissioners are going to approve it asphalt and um, I think I think asphalt is 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 a business so so is solar energy so is so is uh, wind energy it's a business uh, but those two issues are a widespread thing they want to put them several places throughout the county. An asphalt company is just a business that wants to open something down. If at one time it was down by road three. Um, they, they wanted to open an asphalt plant there. And the neighbors raised the dickens because they didn't want an asphalt plant there. Uh, that's, 
it's the NIMBY argument, right? Not in my backyard. I don't want exactly. I don't want that here. I don't want that here. Yeah, but but no matter where they put it, there's going to be somebody who says I don't want that here. Right. Um, I'm not sure what the answer is on that. When a business wants to open a factory or a company or a business somewhere, um, and they apply, I think I think that should be considered fine, but. If people complain around it, I don't know how you handle that. All right. Joe, how do we all get along? Excellent question. I, from my time of listening in the commissioner meetings and council members and so forth, council meetings, uh, going back to the 2005 when the ethanol was originally, they were going to put two ethanol plants, one on 100 East and one out on State Road 38 north of State Road 38 on 600 east. And they were seemingly in the process of going to be able to do that. And then there was a change in commissioners in 2006, and that was immediately shot shot down that that wasn't going to happen. And then the asphalt plant has, uh, one of the companies has tried twice. One and one location was there just near the State Road 3 and I-70 on the east side of the road there. And then the other one was on... 400 south at 25 west, uh, relatively close to that location, but both times the asphalt plant was was shut down due to neighbors uh, saying, no, not here, not not in my location, and so forth. Um, in, in my opinion, and just as an example, nobody asked me at the time, but uh, that the, the, county, the county highway utilizes hot mix asphalt in their road building projects and uh, similar to crushed limestone that the county highway uses a great deal of it It just so happens when they drew the the square of sorts and said we're going to call this place henry county henry county does not have any natural limestone and they do not have any obviously limestone is used in making the hot mix asphalt and there happens to be no hot mix asphalt plant. There was one back in the 70s on 800 North, but it's no longer, it hasn't been there for 30 years. But um, And as a result of that, everything that they use in Henry County to build roads has to be trucked here. And the cost of trucking just in the last 20 years alone has just expanded, increased so much. The last three years trucking and, has, and, has uh, grown exponentially, yeah. So, there, there is no way of making up for not having natural resources of crushed limestone. We have a gravel pit in Henry County, but no crushed limestone, and that's what's used to build build roads. And then the asphalt plant, if there would have been one uh, locally, then that would have saved a considerable amount of money. At this time, they have to try, drive to Muncie or to Morristown or, or Milton to get uh, hot mix asphalt at, in Anderson and Pendleton. And Rush County have the crushed limestone, but that's just something that I was aware of because I was in that business for a while. But Joe, if if, if we had uh, if if we had if we put the asphalt plant here, so we wouldn't have to haul asphalt, but then we have to haul limestone. It's <laughs> you are it's, uh, you are correct. Yes, it's it's absolutely um, it's it's one hundred percent a situation where Henry County just got. They they got put in a place where it doesn't it doesn't exist and you have to truck it and and it's been that way for since the beginning of time. Everything has to get trucked in, but if you have 
if you have asphalt that's readily available, yeah, if you have asphalt that's within five miles of a job site, it's a whole lot easier to turn that around quickly than it is to, you know, to, to bring the entire product in from, from Delaware County. I know you see the, the municipal folks, the city, city of Newcastle going up with their hot box to Delaware County all the time, trying to bring, bring asphalt home mm-hmm. to, to patch. And it's just a wildly inefficient process. So Joe, on the, on the solar and wind side, I, I know on the wind issue, you, you said previously that, you know, I think Henry County pretty much has spoken and nobody's, nobody's proposing any, anything on the wind side, the solar moratorium. Do you have any feelings on, on that? From sitting and listening to citizens of Henry County that participated in the process over the period of, I said, nine years, basically the nine years ended two years ago. It's been 11 years, I guess, that I've listened to uh, people come in and speak before the commissioners and before the council, either for or against wind in the beginning, and then it kind of slowly turned to, to solar, but the overwhelming overwhelming number of people that showed up in opposition including the grim reaper in opposition to the to the wind um, and then in the ballot box the, the the citizens of henry county spoke loud and clear in regards to the wind and that's where we are today the solar, the the one plant that's being constructed now that has the permit that's down south of US 40, mostly in Henry County and partially in Rice County or vice versa, one or the other, it's in both counties. Uh, it's being constructed and and uh, and seems to be moving right along. And then the Greensboro solar project that has been spoken of before is involved in the moratorium. And then, of course, the the Middletown community put together what sounds like a wonderful plan for them to get uh, energy from a solar plant right there. In that's going to be what's going to be in their municipality. So that's going to be an IMPA plant. It's an IMPA plant. It's yeah. ten ten acres, and they've started working right. on it now. Right. So that, and then what they have at at uh, Spiceland and, and what they're doing at Knightstown, and so how, uh, help help me because I'm a, I'm a layman. How does how does a county have a moratorium on solar, but then in in a place like Morristown, not my Morristown, goodness, I'm apparently I'm overtired. I'm talking Shelby County, in in Middletown, you, you can still build a ten acre solar project. The Middletown project is in the city limits of Middletown. Mm-hmm. It's Middletown's. Deal. So the county, the county doesn't govern that. The town, the town determines that one on their own. Actually, we are in the process of annexing that ten acres in okay. that town. Yeah, but it will be. It'll be in, inside. The yes, town limits. and that's that was that was all done through the the hard work of people in Middletown and 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 Impa and Impa and and what is it Knightstown and and what's in Spiceland and those are those are utility owned solar plants and what is located in the southern part of Henry County is a it's it's a private private individuals have leased and or sold their land to a corporation that's putting in a a, a large solar farm and that was passed and approved by the county ordinances that are that were in place and after that happened that's when 
the county put a moratorium on any further um, commercial solar farms. So if, you, if you're sitting in the commissioner's chair come January, would you intend to continue with the moratorium going forward? Would you see that changing? I don't have any more information than what I've just given you, and right. I don't. Uh, I I've asked about the moratorium, and I've 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 spoken with the Nextera people that are behind this the solar uh, greenfield, excuse me, Greensboro Solar Project. I've spoken to one of the large landowners that has said that he signed up for it. I've listened, and I, I don't have an I don't have a better opinion other than to say that at this time the three commissioners have issued a a moratorium and that's that's what i know okay all right let's let's talk about something that's been been pretty pretty near and dear to my heart and that's memorial park i got to serve a couple of years on the park board i i was uh <laughs> i was wildly frustrated as a board member uh because it was a it, the, the the more time i spent in in on the inside the more I recognize that you have so many different parties involved in in the park and different stakeholders that it's it, it almost felt ungovernable to me or difficult to make decisions. And ultimately what happened is that the decisions wound up coming back up to the office that y'all are going to be, uh, mm-hmm. that, that you're seeking in the county commissioners. So by my count, you've got a Veterans Museum, which is an independent organization, the Henry County Saddle Club. Henry County 4-H is, is a major tenant, but they're not actually, a, a, they don't, own anything uh, the henry county expo center is, is an independent organization then you've got a private golf course that shares some utilities there uh and then you've got a, just a number of members of public that 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 rent it regularly and are are, are users of the facility steve how does memorial park coexist and how do you get you know, you've got. Unfortunately, you've got a, a half-completed expo center project right now that, that the, the commissioners may end up being responsible for something. What What is your vision for handling Memorial Park and, and working through the leadership of it? I think the park is the park, and all these things that you've listed there are franchises, and those franchisees come in and use the facility. Whether they rent it or they have a contract for payment, I don't know what the saddle club pays for the use of the area there. Um, they all have lease; they have long-term leases for a dollar a year, essentially. So they have they have their space, and they you know. The, and the the saddle club, as I understand it, takes care of their own own. They do their own maintenance. They, they do, do they, they do their own maintenance. Yep. Um, the expo center is yet to be seen. I don't. We none of us know what's going to happen with that. I don't know if. It, if there's any plan as to when it's going to be completed. Correct. Um, the 4-H club, they just come in every year and rent. They're very demanding, though. They come in and they want this and they want that and they want it now. Uh, uh, the golf course, that's that's just... It's been sold, so it's like I said, there are some utilities that, that over, overlap, but they're... I don't know. It just, it's no longer a part of the park. Correct. It's it's okay. it's now owned by so they, privately. They just need to separate their utilities from it. In theory, yeah, you could do that, I suppose. But yeah, you I mean you have you have. I know the going back to my time when I was when I was on the board. I know the water. The water is metered as a group. So the mm-hmm. water and sewer, the the saddle club, the memorial park organization, and the uh, and the golf course are all paying a third of those bills. 
now my my uh, limited exposure to the to the uh, board out there was it was a zoo. You had a tremendous Excuse amount me. of turnover. Yes, in a, in a handful of years. Well, I hope, hopefully there are people there now who can get along a little better than the group that I saw there, because they was absolutely pulling hair to get anything done, to make a decision on anything, because somebody didn't want this or somebody didn't want that, and it was just a battle zone. Uh, so I think a lot of the problem that happened out there in the park had to do with the consistency of that board. You've had three different superintendents over a four-year period of time, and it's just it, it's been. I think mass chaos is probably a fair assessment, and I it, yes, you, you're hoping for stability, but is it is it board yeah. appointments? Is it hey, you know, you know, once once you seats need, are open, having a, a, a further interview a, process, you, you need a group of similarly minded people as to as to what what they're there to do. And what the value of the park is, and they could sit down and rationally discuss things. But I saw none of that out there. So I, I think some of the problem is the consistency of that board. Okay, Joe, what uh, what do you think of uh, Memorial Park? And pick up the baton on this conversation, my guy. When Whitey Shively was president of the board about twenty years, fifteen, eighteen years ago, he he asked me if I wanted that job out there. <laughs> I said, why do I appreciate it? But no, I don't. Uh, that was between Rex and Lori. Uh, but then, and I was with the county highway when that when that happened with uh, the park board stated that one one person was going to be superintendent and the commissioners tried to put somebody else in there and, and they found out that the park board has the right uh, to make their own appointment of, of park board, of uh, park, park superintendent. superintendent. So, uh, they currently have an opening uh, on the park board, and they currently have an opening or two openings for park employees, if anyone is interested. But um, what it it just seems to be such a, a gem of the county, and so many people are so happy and, and thrilled with their memories of the park and what it has been in the past. What they're doing now, the food and beverage awarded them $1.2 million and then they got $167,000 from the American Rescue Funds and they've hired FPBH, uh, an engineering service that's got an office here in Newcastle to engineer where the water and and electric lines are going to be. The electric lines are all going to be buried and they have that plan in place. They're, they're going to go forward and get estimates on what it's going to cost to have the work done and then in addition to that, there's a there's going to be a considerable amount of money spent on the old shelter house. And they're looking at redoing the exterior of the old shelter house to keep in line with the historical preservation because of its age. It has a lot of work that needs to be done. And the long-term goal down, down the road would be to have a, a, a all-year-round facility there where it could be heated and cooled that's a long way away but there is there's there's more money than i've ever been aware of available for improvements to the park and how it will be spent will obviously be up to the park board and uh, one of the things that in in months ago i was asked 
what I was going to do if I got to be commissioner, what I was going to do about the sludge in the ponds. There's there's four ponds there. There's a total of 12 acres of water, and they've most recently had a an environmentalist from Indianapolis came over and took samples of the water, and on the scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the worst, the water conditions tested four, not because of the algae that was there. They've treated for some of the algae, but some of the algae they were treating for was actually more difficult to treat for, so they've got some information from the environmentalists as to what to do to help treat them. But the depth of the ponds is is not adequate to do the paddle boats and so forth, which is what people have said that they wanted to do. And then the the sides of the ponds are, are caving in, so there needs to be some reinforcement of the sides of the ponds. If the ponds were to be cleaned out, it's a process of once you remove the sludge from the bottom, it's an environmental concern as to what do you do with it. They've had just ballpark figures of three hundred to $500,000 per pond to have that done. It's not even, it, they're not letting bids on it now. They're, they, that's just a, it's a, it's a, they've got a list of items that they want to get done. That happens to be one of them. And it this, happens to be one that I ask about because I'd been asked about that. Um, so there, there's a lot of, a lot of things that need to be done. And there appears to be, a once in a you know many years opportunity to get a lot of them done due to the influx of the cash that I mentioned earlier. Any thoughts on the expo project? If if that board comes to the county and says, "Hey, we want to figure something out. We want to we want to try to get these buildings completed." I, obviously, there's been a lot of turnover, and you know, COVID COVID was a, a big influence on those as well. Any expectation or hopes to reinvigorate that project from the very beginning when that project first started with the hope initiative and the monies that were raised and the county funds that were utilized there was a project that was planned for what was called cardinal field a flat several acre field where they run the whippet dogs and that was initially i what I've been told is initially where they were going to put a building on a flat piece of land. That's not where they ended up going because of, for whatever reason, it was decided not to put it there. They're going to put it over here, and over here means there's hills and valleys and an existing, um, several existing shelters and so forth. So it was determined and decided that's where it was going to be. So the hilltops had to be cut down, the valleys had to be filled and had to be made level, and then... Um, the cash money that may or may not have been available to build on a flat piece of property was then utilized to make to do the dirt hills work. and valleys to, uh, flat and level. And so that's one explanation that I've heard as to why we are where we are. And just I don't know, last Saturday evening, I drove past there, but I, I mean, I'm aware of what's been done and I'm aware that there's way a lot more that needs to be done. And where are the funds coming from? I don't know. And I, I've been in contact with some of the members of the expo board, and and they've shared their their hopes and dreams. And I know that it's going to be a very very nice place one of these days. I'm just not sure how we get there from here. And I'd listened to the um, when the when the uh, food and beverage money was was doled out. I mean, there was even a 
there was even a statement in the in the law about the expo center being some one of the recipients, but it didn't happen. So that money's gone, and it didn't it didn't go to the expo. And the the reason I guess I'm bringing it up in this conversation is that there was almost a, a warning or a conversation uh, in the. I don't know if you'd call it a testimony, but Representative Saunders came and spoke at some of the application hearings. And he essentially said, hey, Henry County, if you don't fund this, you know, there's a chance you're going to end up with a building coming back to you. Uh, there was a there was concern that if food and beverage didn't come to help finish this out, you're going to end up owning a, a half completed building. And I. I feel like we were put on notice in that conversation with Representative Saunders, and here we are. It, you know, every four years we elect county commissioners, or every two years. So, I feel like it's a a conversation we at least have to make sure that you guys are aware of, and see if you've put any thought into this at all. Because we've got a, you know, the county paid one point two million dollars. There was a bond that that went in, and that was the contribution plus the land. Where you know, where does it go next? Do y'all have anything else on that? We can we can talk about it, or we can we can carry on. I I mean I listened to Representative Saunders, and I I'd heard that, and I I listened to the other applicants for the food and beverage when I when I was there at the meetings and so forth, and I I know the way it unfolded, it just didn't happen. So that's what happened then, and what happens next is I I don't I'm not really sure. Yep. All right. Um. Let's talk happy thoughts. So Henry County's got an awful lot of of assets and we what we call gems and I I kind of I listed a number of them there but what do you guys think are the most marketable assets of Henry County and I I, I talked about you know it, it, the last time we went over this some of the parks we have some youth sports uh, some things that are tourism attractions but what what makes Henry County marketable Steve I, I was a I was the tourism commissioner for several years. I was president of the uh, Henry County Community uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau. Um, the things that you mentioned here are, are, are all marketable. Um, the um, Basketball Hall of Fame, I don't think it gets um, as much advertising as should statewide for people to come out and see it. But people who drive by on I-7, if they see a sign out there that says Basketball Hall of Fame, they do stop and see it. Uh, we also have, besides what you've listed there, we have the Wilbur Wright Museum, that, another place that gets visited a lot from people from uh, from out of state. Um, the Hoosier Gym in Knightstown, um, and you've got you've got the whole Hoops in Henry campaign that's been happening about the last year true. or so, right? Yep, yep. And we got the Mount Lawn uh, Racetrack, um, the Yogi Bear Campground. Even the Geyer Opera House, people come from out of county just to go to go to the theater and see the shows they have there. So I think all of those are lean draws for tourism. None of them are big draws. That's why I was talking about maybe having a NASCAR venue in this county. It would be a huge draw, and I think people would come. And coming coming for NASCAR would make them see all these other things too. So I, I think we need a central a center anchor. To draw people in, so some some motorsports investment in in Mount Lawn Speedway is what you're what you're proposing. Yeah. All right, uh, Joe. Any anything that makes that makes Henry County marketable or special or sets it apart? I so much so much of the the conversation now in economic development is the, hey, 
people are going to choose where to live and then they'll figure out the job from there. So what, what makes Henry County the place that people, people need to say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to be a Henry County resident. It, it seems to be uh, a couple other things that you didn't mention all those items that you listed in no uncertain um, terms. The, the basketball hall of fame obviously is, is wonderful to have here and, and the, the saddle club has been a, a gym and drawing people for many years. And, and, uh, it's a pretty well known fact that it, it, the people come here, they, if they don't camp out there at the, at the park, they stay in maybe one of the few local motels that we have. The Westwood, uh, park is just, is wonderful. The, the horse trails and so forth that they have. I live right next to summit Lake and look at it every day. And uh, it's a it's a very pleasant and a very a, a gem of the of the community. Um, the Boondocks uh, down there in the Boondocks has been recently purchased by a by a Knightstown resident, and they've they've done some upgrades and some different things. And I've I'm told that it's a very incredible place. Are they reopening that? Yes, and they have the lodge that you can actually stay there overnight, and they have a lot of activities and so forth. But and then the trails. Uh, in all the years that I was with the county highway department, I would I would hear the trails, the trails, the trails, and and in the funding of the in the road funding, it's through the Motor Vehicle Highway Fund, local road and street fund, and what it amounts to is all that money that we pay in gas tax, twenty eight cents a gallon now, is broken up into different various things. Most of it has, I mean, all of it has to do with transportation, but happens to be trails as part of it. And I was, I always liked the trails and I've run, I've run the trails. Uh, I've got the shirt to prove it. And I've ridden on the little bicycle hikes that we've had in, in Henry County for, to raise money for the trails and it's all good. But I always thought that always wanted more money for the roads. But at any rate, the trail systems that we have and the ones that are, that are projected to be uh, constructed in the near future have to be a positive uh, not it's it's not the cardinal greenway or, or the the monon but we've got some really nice trails in henry county and I, I for me as just a citizen that hey you know i've got i've got these old vintage Schwinn bikes that we like to ride and the, you know looking for places to do that you, building a network of trails is what you need right you've got you've got portions of them that are all over the community but you've got to get them connected together where it becomes hey here let's go do a lap let's you know the the out and back running thing zach talks about this all the time how it's a, a nightmare to go 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 out and come back to do something you want to you want to make a lap you want to make right. a circle so finding a way to connect the trails together is probably the next the next step that would be my understanding of what the trail committee is trying to do is to go from point A to point B and whether or not that happens in the very near future. But as they have pieced together trails in different parts of the county, it's obvious they're trying to accomplish that. But owners of property that are not interested in the trail being in their backyard have not participated in that and, and, that's that's where it stands now. It takes it takes time to to get that accomplished. Middletown's got one from just about the Madison County line to six hundred north, uh, nearly to Honey Creek. Uh, I think the plan is to go on from there 
there is a section through Honey Creek, I know, where, where somebody bought the land after the railroad was torn up, bought the land, and is not willing to give it up where the trail would go through. Have to run through the county road to get back on the trail. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that the, you know, we, we talked about in Memorial Park, the food and beverage tax, and the food and beverage tax money. <clears throat> I, I spent an awful lot of weekends camping, and I, quite a few of them we spent at Henry County. The the amount of folks that are searching for outdoor recreation is unbelievable. Summit Lake is, it used to be at one point, Summit Lake would be busy, maybe just the big holiday weekends, Memorial Day, Labor Day, 4th of July, and maybe a weekend or two in the fall. At this point, any random weekend, you try to book a campsite in Summit Lake. If you went in today, there's a very good chance you're probably not going to find an open campsite on a Friday through Sunday the rest of the year until you get to November. Booked up solid. I there are so many outdoor recreational activities and there's there's a demand there that I I think I don't know if we can ever get the state to actually build more into the you know build more campsites out there in the camp at, if the county has to request it or how that happens but if you if you can create opportunities for folks to come in from out of town which you know Summit Lake is a massive attractant that those folks go to thousand degree. Those folks go to L and K those folks go to weenie world. They, they come to town, mm-hmm. they spend money and that starts to feed the engine of, Hey, we can do some of these other projects okay. with, with, with that kind of a magnet. Summit lakes, another marketable asset should be on this yep. list. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right. So what, uh, I, I copied and pasted. All right. Here's a confession. I copied and pasted today what we talked about in the uh, in the spring and i said the new detention center is opening so now the detention center is open uh and joe talked about this a little bit during his during his opening comments but steve what do you think about the new detention center that henry county has going forward does it make an impact on the community do you have do you have any expectations for it as the uh as a commissioner um joe you'll have to um educate me on some of this because I always thought, that for years, they talked about they need a new jail, they need a new jail. And I kept saying, you have a facility sitting up there by the park. Why can't you convert that and use that for the jail? Um, they said, no, no, that won't work. No, no, that won't work. I never understood why, because it was built as, as sort of a detention center. I thought it could be adapted for cheaper than, by, than building a new one. Now we've built a new one, um, a good ways out of town. Um, and it's full <laughs> and we're talking about expanding it again already. Um, I'm surprised that it's full already. Uh, Joe started to explain a little while ago why he thought that, uh, that during the pandemic uh, and during the, the jail was in such bad condition in town and then the uh, pandemic happened and they just weren't, putting locking people up as much and now that they can they are is that what you were trying to say joe what i was told was that during the pandemic the heat of the pandemic when they were experiencing the covid running rampant through the old facility Mm -hmm. that they may or may not have been going out and picking up people on warrants for arrest to stick them in that building and now that the new facility is open Maybe they have expanded the number of warranted uh, people that have were, maybe were in need of being picked up. Mm-hmm. That's just one explanation that I heard today when I asked the question, how could it be 
full, and by the word full, it's not F-U-L-L. It's 85%. full. It's full. What was described to me as being eighty to eighty-five percent. It's at the targeted full rate, targeted not, full rate, not right. the bursting at the seams emergency rate right. we've been at in the other building right. for so long, right? So in answer to your question about it, I'm just surprised that we're already having to talk about expanding it. Um, again, they were planning on eventual expansion, but they just finished it. Yeah, I mean, four, four years ago when this when when we went through this election cycle, the big conversation was, "Hey, are we going to raise taxes to pay for?" There was a, there was a new income tax available uh, that the state put in place and said, "Hey, counties, you can do this to pay to pay for your new facility." Henry County did that. Here we are. We built a facility. Not even four years later, and it's, "Hey, we want to expand on it." Already. Mm-hmm. How many? At some point, you do wonder how many how many county buildings, how many expansions you want to have, and that's a that's probably a another conversation to have. We th- about two hundred and fifty feet away from this building, the commissioners just sold the the, the old annex building. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was called the annex building. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a number of other county owned buildings that are in the inventory. Uh, should that still be a part of the conversation of of shedding some of those facilities from from Henry County, or are there other uses that you think? we can find find a way to keep them in the county inventory. Joe. The one res, one described as the Hope Building where there's the, the mural on the side with the cars on it. Um, it's being, apparently it's being turned over to a realtor to be marketed. And then the the building that would be described as uh, Caddy Corner from the courthouse that initially housed work release people the back of that building has garages attached to it that's going to be maintained in the property of the commissioners because they're going to use it to house the county ambulances, as I understand. But the what would be considered the, the southern part of the building that faces Broad Street is going to be available. They had discussions yesterday about the potential of accepting bids, and it was tabled, so it did not sell. But uh, I guess it's it's on the market to be sold, and and uh, with the ex- expectations that there'll be something positive to the community come out of it. So, and the the one that they did sell, the one that you're talking about, is just a few feet from where we're sitting. Uh, the bottom of it is to be a, a some storefronts, a, right? Some storefronts, restaurants, and then then the the upper levels will be a a, a boutique hotel. Is that correct? That is the rumor. I we'll well, see. Uh, hotel. Yeah, there, allegedly there's going to be a hotel in the the the, the, in the, the, annex. the, the annex building. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Steve, it, it's it's like a double edged sword, right? You've got hey, the county can do something with these facilities, these buildings, and we. But at the same time, they consume water, they consume electricity, they consume consume emergency services, but they don't pay any property taxes. So if you sure. if you sell a facility. Now it's back out there and it's producing downtown. Um, should should the county be looking for more opportunities to shed real estate? If we've got real estate that's a, that, that we're not using, absolutely. There's no reason to hold on to it. Um, we have uh, in, in Middletown, we have the old school, the old high school gymnasium. The school's gone, but the gymnasium's still there, and. Um, for years, after the school was torn down, we thought that uh, the town thought that the uh, Shenandoah owned the gym. 
because they used it. They used it for girls' basketball games and for training. And uh, <laughs> and then we got a bill one time for property taxes on the building. The town did. So Drew Cooper called called over to the office and said, they said, no, no. Genito doesn't own that. The town of Middletown does. <laughs> and the town of Middletown owed property taxes? And we don't. We have never used it. We've never considered that we owned it. And uh, so we decided to just let Shenandoah go ahead and use it because they're keeping it heated. They're keeping it roofed. They're maintaining it. And it's a historic building. We don't want to let it sit there and rot. So we're happy with that. But that's a building that we could sell or, or, or it could be, become a, a, a community center or a theater or something. It could be any number of things. But, uh, but because of its historic value, we're going to keep it. Right now, it's a warehouse for Shenandoah schools. Gotcha. All right. There's a, there's a conversation that we have with every county commissioner. Uh, candidate, and this is for Dakota Davis, who's not here. He's uh, he's given me like two or three different doctor's notes as to why he couldn't be here tonight, and I I don't know which one we're accepting, but he's he's got a list of ailments. Uh, he's an advocate for backyard chickens uh, in Henry County, and this has become a big thing in the pandemic because people wanted their eggs, they wanted their chickens. Henry County says that you need to have five acres if you want to have any livestock, and livestock includes chickens. So. Are the county commissioners willing to consider some sort of an allowance for, for backyard poultry? Uh, or do people like Dakota that own 4.9 acres have to have their chickens identify as parakeets to be legal? Steve, what do we do? Hmm, for the county, for the county, it'd be different. In Middletown, you can't have livestock of any kind within the town limits. Um, but as the county commissioner, you are in charge of ordinances. Right. Um, I, I don't see any reason why you couldn't have chickens on less than five acres as long as you don't have a rooster. So hens. We will hens. compromise and say hens. Right. If we can have, I don't know, a half dozen hens. Can we, can, we, can we say that that's a fair number as long as they're not a nuisance? A, a, a dozen. All but, right. But no rooster. Up, up to a dozen. That is a lot of <laughs> eggs in a day. An egg a day. You got a dozen eggs a day. Coming out of a, a Steve Holmes commissioner <laughs> campaign. Joe, what are we going to do about chickens? I think it's a silly question, and I'm not worried about chickens in anybody's backyard. And I, the only reason I say that is because who, who's enforcing this? Who, who, well, it used to be Darren Jacobs, but they got rid of him. But he was enforcing the <laughs> five-acre chicken law, and I, I don't know. I, my opinion is uh, it doesn't appear to be a problem to have backyard chickens all right. It's a silly question, but I have to ask it because it's a, it's a silly law. And you, you commissioners, I know none of you, neither any of you guys serves yet, but here in about four months, you're going to hear from Dakota and he's going to, he's going to bellyache. So I want y'all to know. In four months along, along those same lines, someone is going to have to deal. The commissioner is going to have to deal with the repair of the justice center, the, the courthouse annex and the courthouse itself. The the report came back from the study that was done. That was, I mean, you add it all up. It's like twelve million dollars to fix everything that needs to be fixed with those three buildings. That and obviously the courthouse is such a a historical site. The justice center doesn't. You know, it's only twenty 
20 years old, 20, 21 years old, 22 years old, and to think that it has that many problems, but it's a it's a building that gets 24 hours uh, a day used, seven, I mean, with the dispatch center being down there, and then the courthouse annex, of course, is, has so many years on it also. So I'm, I know that the that the, it's a problem that's going to have to be addressed and, and possibly some of this ARF money could be used for that, but who knows what else is going to have to be done. And so maintaining the buildings that, that the county has responsibility over is a huge thing. and That's a higher priority than poultry. Mm-hmm. That's probably yeah, the definitely. case, yes. <laughs> I think the ARF money's going to run out here in a few minutes. I think it, I think it's a, <laughs> and I, I'm really surprised that that building being only 20 years old. This isn't the first time that's needed major repairs. Um, and it, 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 uh, we ought to look closely at contractors and architects next time we decide to build something. Let's 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 wrap up on this uh, on this theme. How much time do you expect to be able to dedicate to the job of being county commissioner, Steve? I, I've seen county commissioners that, uh, you know, it's a part-time thing and they show up for meetings and then there's the folks that, that are just all encompassed in it and they're, they're county commissioner seven days a week, 20 hours, every waking moment they're, they're focused on the commissioner job. How, how do you see yourself, if, if you're sitting in one of those three chairs come January, mm-hmm. w- what are your expectations for the role? I'm the kind of person who would work 40 hours a week. Uh, Kim Kronk worked 80 hours a week. You know, I mean, he was all over it all the time. And it's always been a part-time position. But uh, I don't think you can do that job properly part-time. All right. Joe, what are your thoughts? I worked with nine different commissioners while I was working with the county, and they all had their different appetite for how many hours they were spending on the job. And and I could see that you could definitely spend 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours a week on it. I don't know that it. I don't know that it would ever become. I don't see why it would ever become a full time job. I mean, as, as it is, it's a. It's considered a part time job, and and uh, I think the that the the effort that the individual commissioner puts in is probably going to put in way more than part time hours. But that's that's the way it is. That's just the way it goes. All right. Um, at, at this point in the program, we're, we're just about ready to wrap up. This is where we give uh, folks a chance to clean up anything they forgot. If they want to look, if you're not a, every candidate that hasn't asked for money yet at this point to help pay for the campaign, you get, you get bullied into asking uh, folks for money to help support putting gas in the tanks, to buy yard signs, to get your door knocking materials. You got to You got to do the ask or else, or else. Uh, we we tell you we beat you into asking for for money to pay for the campaign. It's coming from a person who's been involved in a number of them, and it takes money to do it. So, Steve, how do folks learn more about you? How do they get involved with the campaign? How how do they help you out to between now and election day? Um, I do a lot of writing for the newspapers. You learn a little about what I feel, what I think, what I plan from the articles that I put in the newspaper. Um, I've listed several times in newspaper articles um, my credentials, why I think I'm a good fit for, for this position. 
I've been on the uh, I've been a clerk treasurer in Middletown. I've been on the town council in Middletown. Sat on many boards of directors as president. Been the commissioner of, of, of tourism for the county. Been president of the Henry County Community uh, Convention Bureau. Um, so I think I'm ready for this. I'm ready to move up to this. I think I'd be a good commissioner, and I appreciate any support you'd like to send to me. Very good, <laughs> Joe. Any it. Uh, Final thoughts, things we need to clean up, things we forgot. How do, how do people support you and help you help you get between now and Election Day? I guess I um, would ask for for citizen support in my endeavor to, to be the next commissioner in the Northern District of Henry County. Um, I've lived in Henry County for 45 years and, and have been in a, in a position of of public trust in those in all those years. Um, my cell phone number is seven, six, five, five, two, zero, zero, three, one, four. Um, my, I have a Facebook page that just says Joe Wiley for commissioner that I can be reached through that. Um, my phone number is still in a phone book. If you can find a phone book, I still have a landline. <laughs> does it have a dial tone? If you go pick one up, does it, it still does. work? It does. And I'm uh, so I'm I'm readily available to to ask or answer questions, and I do I would appreciate your support in the upcoming November eighth election, and and uh, I thank you again for putting this on, and thank you for to Steve for showing up and participating, and and look forward to participating in the in the November eighth election. Very good. Zach, you've been quiet over there. You've been you've been the true unspoken hero. I've seen you climbing over the desk, under the desk, plugging wires, replugging wires. Are you okay? Did you make it? Well, first of all, uh, I had a meeting before this, and so normally people don't see what I wear to the podcast. It's normally, and I was remote today uh, for work, so gym shorts and a t-shirt. Today, I'm in like some nice Columbia cargo shorts and an Under Armour. Uh, polo and I'm rolling around on the ground <laughs> trying to tr- trace wires because Dakota Dakota's wire management is exceptional but that means tracing wires is a nightmare because they everything disappears in a bundle and can't come out so I could not figure out the sound issue we're going to try swapping out our capture card for the second time in about a month so I'm sorry to the people that want to watch this live but um, other than that no, I've been chasing wires. I have no thoughts. My brain is my brain is just done. You are used up. Well, thank you very much, Zach, for producing it and, and being a good sport and helping us put it together. Steve and Joe, you guys are awesome. Thank you for spending the time with us. And, thank and you. Thank you for show. having us. Uh, very appreciative to have the conversation, and hopefully you guys get some get some feedback for some voters and – uh, we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. And I, I will say real quickly on the on the phone line thing. I, I was at my brother's house today, and he had a car crash into his a power pole in front of his house in May, and they it knocked out the telephone, it knocked out the internet, and it knocked so the Comcast service, and it knocked out what I assume is the Frontier telephone lines. And there's still a pile of just telephone wires laying in his front yard that that are not contained they're not they're not messed they're nobody's come out to fix it since may so i i feel like there's a lot of people that still just have the telephone that's why i said joe if you pick it up does it still work because if you live near westwood if your phone's not working i'm pretty sure that your wires are crossed in my brother's front yard and they've been laying that way since may 
So I'm I'm not entirely certain if Frontier even cares anymore, or if they're just a just an organization that takes checks. My first thought is, for somebody who knows nothing about phone wires, there must not be enough metal in there for somebody to have just stolen it for scrap. <laughs> because that's the first thing I thought was it just would have disappeared, and somebody would have stolen it for whatever metals in there. It's just a pile, just a pile of pairs of wires. It's fiber together. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, no. Yeah. So it's, it's worthless to somebody. So insanity. Anyway, that's it. We thank you guys so much for the support and being a part of the show. Uh, once again, we want special thanks to Wyland's flowers, the slick pickle and big bounce inflatables for, uh, for making this happen. We will see you all next week.